Welcome to another episode of Ed's Up, sponsored by the Southern Early Childhood Association. Ed's Up is a podcast all about children and those that care for them. Hosted by Dr. Kathy Grace and Dr. Kenya Wolf with the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. Hello, everybody. This is Kathy Grace and Kenya Wolf. We're back again for another extremely exciting episode, Ed's Up. This is an author of one of my favorite books, and I just mentioned to her in a conversation earlier that this was me in one of her books. And so she's going to share some more information. But uh, Vanessa Brantley Newton has some very interesting things to share with us about her life uh, as she has moved into this journey of being a artist slash children's author. And so we're glad to have you today uh, and hope that you can uh, spend a little time with us. Uh, So thank you for being with us, Vanessa. Thank you so much, Miss Kathy. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about how an artist of your renowned talent and creativity got interested in writing children's books? Oh, you know, it, it's so funny. Um, I'm always asked about the process of writing, um, Kenya, is uh, how do you write and illustrate? Do, do the illustrations come before the writing or do the writing come before the illustrations? And because I'm dyslexic, you know, reading has never been an easy thing for me, but the pictures always spoke to me. And all I can remember is my first encounter with a book that represented me, which was The Wonderful and Fantastic Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats. I never remember the words, but I always remember the pictures. And so it's a process for me where sometimes the words come. I'm I'm a singer as well. So it's fun when the words come first, but then there are times when the pictures have to come to me first and they tell me the story. And so usually that's what happens. I see the picture first and then the words come. Fascinating. Thank you. Well, one of my favorite books that I just kind of mentioned earlier is the book that you authored and illustrated entitled Grandma's Purse. Yes. And I'm just wondering if that probably in that depiction of the little girl and her grandmother in the book could have been reflective of of maybe something that happened in your life. It was something that happened in my life for sure. But how did you get the idea for that book? You know, um, relationships with grandchildren and parents are, you know, with, with children, rather grandchildren and grandparent is so very, very important. It's just one of the really, really special relationships. And I had a relationship with my grandparents on both sides, my mom, my mom and my dad. And they all lived in the same little county in South Carolina. So the whole county, all of us were relatives. Everybody was a relative. So it was the summers I would get to go and spend with them. Usually three months out of the year, I would be in South Carolina in the heat, in hot with my grandmother, who was a oysterman. My my mother's mother was an oysterman. And she would basically be on these boats out in the um, ocean from Carolina, from Beaufort, South Carolina. And she was a character. Bertha Gant was a character. She wore hats and frilly shirts and overalls and long-waisted boots and a fishing rod and a purse and her nails painted and red lipstick on and big sunglasses on. And I'm like, how does she do that hard work just like this? 
But it was a joy to see my grandma Bertha come into the house. I knew she was going to let me go to that purse because that purse had everything in it. It had the perfume in it. It had the right lipstick in it. It had mascara. It had a, a little pill box. It had those violet um lodgings or 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 like um little candies, uh lifesavers. It had a little Bible in it. It it was just filled with so many things and that she would let me and my sister go through that handbag was it was a treasure. It was a treasure. Well, when you started to think about that book, I'm sure that all those memories came back to you. Did you have any idea that that was going to strike such a chord with so many people across the country as far as that similar experience that you portrayed in that book? You know, Miss Kathy, I wanted so badly to give our community. And when I say community, I'm not just talking about um, black people. I'm talking about every community. The ability to go back to uh, the intergenerational stories, because there is this thing where little children think that grownups have never been children. They've always been grownups, you know, in their eyes. And then to to kind of go back and to roll that back and have that moment with grandma that is so very, very precious. It is a bonding that doesn't happen with mommy. It's a bonding that specifically happens with grandma and whether that's grandma making cookies for you, whether that's grandma making your um, Halloween outfit or your prom dress or having your first tea with grandma or going on your first vacation out of the country with grandma. It is something so precious about grandmas. And I wanted to give that back to all children. I want to give it back to everybody. So when I go to these conferences and I, I will tell you a little story, I had this woman walk up to me at a conference and she says to me, she said, I lost my mom six months ago and I just lost my mother-in-law. And I promised myself that I would not buy any books that had anything to do with grandma. And she said, I walked in the store and she said, I'm such a fan of yours. When I saw grandma's purse, she said, I picked it up. And she said, from the first moment I cracked open the book, she said, I just bawled. She said, I stood at the uh, store and she said, I cried like a baby. And we both hugged each other and we had a good teary moment. She said, thank you for giving me back my mom and my grandma. That meant everything to me. So if I can do that for not just children, but do it for adults as well, that we get to do a do-over, that's a powerful moment. I'm going to ask you one more question about this. Uh, in today's world, there's a difference in the closeness, as you mentioned, in South Carolina. I grew up in eastern Arkansas, and it was sort of the same way. But what would be any suggestions you would give to the parents whose parents or the children's grandparents who live thousands of miles away? And with the ability that we have today for Zoom and and our Facebook and all those kinds of things, or FaceTime, I guess. Do you have any suggestions? And I know this is sort of out of the blue, but do you have any suggestions as to how that book uh, could become used for those parents, grandparents who might be a thousand miles away, but they could still possibly have some of that same feeling or that experience? That I think that's one of the best <laughs> questions ever because I am an advocate for, listen, we need to teach our grandparents that they are not old, okay? 80 is not old. 90 is not old. Uh, we get into our 60s and 70s and we just, you know, let the social media and different things tell us that we're old. You're not old. You are not 
old, but I'm going to say old is the goal. If you're, if you're trying to get somewhere, that's where you want to be. You want to be 90 years old. So, so what I'm saying is, is that teach our grandparents how to use social media, things like, um, I forget exactly what it is. It was done through Facebook, but it's a type of little monitor. It costs about $198. And literally you can go on and have grandma's purse read in your voice. And you can literally see yourself and you can talk to your grandchild. You can call your grandchild's name out if you wanted to. But it's such a wonderful program to actually uh, have grandparents read. I am an advocate also of having more uh, uh, grandparents do these Zoom sessions with their grandchildren, especially when they're far away or they're over in Europe or Africa, or whatever. And you have the means of having a web, uh, you know, a web page or whatever. You need to make this so accessible. And grandparents, let's get into the antics. Find your hats, find your scarves, find your funny glasses, or find a thing that you are best at doing and share that with your grandchild via Zoom or a video, a quick, a quick video, a one minute video, just to let them know I love you, some silly antic, hey, I bet you can't do this, you know, anything to kind of keep them inspired, let them know that you love them, let them know that you are, you know, you're a person that cares about them and wants to see them read and enjoy children's books. That's an excellent way to do it. Love that. That's so fun. Well, my family uses Marco Polo. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Yes, I love Marco Polo. Yes. So, so many great tools out there. Well, I'm just loving this conversation. And one of the things that you mentioned is you mentioned community. And so many of your books are about community, whether it's your characters or the themes in your book. You seem to instill um, and love to create characters that are full of self-esteem and self-love and specifically young African-American girls. Have you done this intentionally or is this just part of an extension of who you are? You know, it is an extension of who I am. It is very much an extension of who I am. When you don't get to see yourself in children's books, it definitely sends a message. Um, and it sends a message pretty early that you are invisible, that you are not wanted, you are not seen. And I wanted to eradicate that for African-American girls, but I want to uh, er eradicate it for all children because there are children who are maybe a little chubby. There are children with purple birthmarks on their faces or some kind of eczema or skin, whatever. There, there are children who are in fires and their faces may be disfigured or whatever, or a child in a wheelchair. You know, and this is not to say that we should not be concerned about who they are as children, but you know, my heart is to first get to the child, to get to their heart and to get to their self-esteem. And number one is that Miss Vanessa sees you. I see you. You're not going to come into this area and I just overlook you. No, you're like a beautiful flower, a purple one in a field of yellow. And I see you and I'm coming straight for you. And it's to make them feel good. And I get emotional about it because I want them to know that there's somebody in the world who is connecting with you. I see you. I hear your heart. I hear your desire. And I might not be able to give you everything, but I think I can give you just one moment to see yourself and to smile and say, that's me. That's everything. That is everything. That is just absolutely beautiful. And I know 
We talk about books being mirrors and windows and doors, and you do such a beautiful job with creating all of those, but those mirrors are so, so important. So thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a joy and it's inspired me to make sure that I have those connections with my relatives as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. And thank you, audience, for tuning in and listening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today for Ed's Up. If you have an early education topic you'd like to discuss, let us know about it at edsup at olemiss.edu. The Ed's Up podcast is a production of the Graduate Center for the Study of Early Learning at the University of Mississippi. The views and opinions of podcast participants are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the university, its employees, or any affiliated entity.